the key passage we started this series off is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. It says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see you face to face. In other words, I see a reflection of Christ, I see a reflection of God within me, because God lives inside me, but one of these days, I'm gonna see you face to face in heaven. Now I know in part, then in heaven, I shall fully know, even as I am fully known. So just like as, as God knows us, we will know God till the fullness. Everything will be made clear. And now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And um, these three words really help us to see God more clearly until that day that we are with him. In our first week, as we talked about faith, we, we spoke on two different uh, aspects of faith, the uh, pleasure of God and the perspective of God. The pleasure of God, uh, we, we see this in the fact that, that we can please God only with our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six says that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? Faith is trusting in God, responding to things that happen in our life that, that we don't really like. You know, you, you hear more, uh, stories of Moses in the Red Sea and the powerful waters parting. You say, man, if I could see God in that way, that would be, that would be awesome. But we gotta be reminded, where was Moses? Moses was really in a time, in a, in a, in a place, in a setting, where he was about to be killed along with all the other Israelites as the Egyptian army, they were nearing them, they were after them, and they were trapped between the army and the Red Sea. What are they gonna do? Have you ever, been, have you ever felt trapped? Have you ever felt suffocated by frustration, by depression? Have you ever felt uh, suffocated by suffering in your life, heartache? And it's there that our faith should come alive and we trust in God. We trust in God through our circumstances, and that's how we can have the pleasure of God, because without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. You and I please God through the tough times. Now, don't get me wrong. We do please God in our actions of continually walking in our faith, knowing that when we read this word, we believe by faith this is God's word. When we pray, we believe we are praying to God. He is alive. He is listening to us. Yes, that is a walk of faith, but when our faith is tested, those are times when God is allowing us to grow stronger in him. Uh, faith is not merely uh, believing for God to do something in the present. Faith is believing that what I do by faith in the present affects the unseen in the future, and that's where we get the perspective of God, So we have the pleasure of God living by faith, but we also get the perspective of God. We understand that what we do by faith is affecting those people that we're around in the present. They see that, they notice that, even though you may not know, and it's affecting the people that are not even born yet as you are carrying on a legacy of faith. And we even talked about what are two simple ways you know you can live by faith through the tough times. You celebrate and you connect. You celebrate with people in the times when, when times are tough, when, when, when you don't have the things that you desire and other people do, 
the one way, a couple of ways you, you live by faith is you celebrate with people. You don't make it all about yourself, and you connect with people, those people who have the things that, that you desire, or maybe things, people that are not going through tough times. And those are just two simple ways that you know you can live by faith. But I do know this. Faith cannot exist without trials. It can't. The Bible makes that very clear. And your faith will not grow without trials. And not only does trials produce faith, but we also see some trials and suffering produce hope as we talk about the pathway of hope. We talked about that last week. We, we mentioned Romans chapter five, verse three through four. Uh, Apostle Paul says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And so as we talk about the sufferings, we, it's all about how we approach our sufferings. We, we never like to, like to cheer on our sufferings. We never approach our sufferings like, hallelujah, praise Jesus, bring on the sufferings. No, we do everything we can, and it's human na- nature to do this. We do everything we can to ignore it, to pretend it doesn't exist, to run away from sufferings, or to maybe even um, deflect sufferings away from us or change the subject matter of our suffering. Whatever we do, we, we try to, we don't like to face our suffering. We turn our back to it, even though everyone knows it's there, even though we know it's there. And so what Paul Apostle is, is saying is this, look, when, when there are sufferings, great or small, and we know there are small sufferings and great sufferings in our lives, when, when Paul says when there are sufferings in our life, we need to have a different approach. We need to take glory in the fact that God is transforming us into the person he longs for us to become. And this approach to, to, our, to our suffering is, is going to produce within us perseverance, just like a long-distance runner. It's going to allow us, as, as we go from one suffering to the next and to the next, and I mentioned this last week, you will find as you're growing in your faith and, and hope and um, you may have experiences. Your sufferings will be, will be small, and maybe the next one will, might be bigger or, uh, or maybe a longer a lasting suffering. The next suffering might be even longer and, and lasting and bigger as you are building endurance, just like a, a runner building the endurance to run a marathon. God is building within you a perseverance to press on. But he has not given you more than you can't handle through his power and through his might. And so, but this perseverance will also produce character. Because as we continue to do this time and time again, uh, this perseverance, persevering through our hope, not ignoring our hope, facing it head on, I mean, not ignoring our suffering, but facing our suffering head on, as we're facing that in and we're walking through that time and time again, walking and trusting God, it's producing within us character. You know, some of the most, most godly people that I know have walked through suffering, and they have uh, persevered, and they have extreme character. Some of the people that I highly look up to, and you think, man, things have really gone well for them. Well, maybe, maybe not. 
You know, whether it, it be hardship in their life through suffering, or it could be that they're, that they're suffering in the fact that they're serving Christ. And it's just, it's just really hard. It's very difficult. And as, uh, as you and I meet people that are persevering, God is building character, and God wants to do the same thing in you. So welcome suffering. Continue in it. It's going to build character, and ultimately, it will build hope. And as we see in the next verse right there in Romans chapter five, verse five, hope will not disappoint. It says, and hope does not put us to shame. That's what that means. Hope will not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Why does hope never disappoint? Because of love. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Hope will never disappoint. And that leads us to our final word in this, in this series, love. And where can we begin talking about love? I mean, love is all over God's word. I mean, this whole book is based upon love. You know, all through the, through the Old Testament, God was, was showing his love through, through mankind, uh, through a chosen people, uh, starting with Abraham, and building it to the nation of Israel. And through that, God's word was built, God's law was created, and God, through that, through the prophets spoke, and he pointed to the New Testament, sent his son Jesus, and Jesus died, was raised again, lives in eternity in, in heaven right now. And so, as we look at, at God's word, the, the very center of love is all about Jesus. It's all about what he, how he lived his life, how he loved us. And there's one disciple in particular that we see in God's word who talks about love more than anybody, and that is John. John was the one that really showed uh, through his Gospel of John and then his, later on his other books of John, which we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. If you want to turn your copy of God's word to that. And so John chapter 1 John, 1 John chapter 4 uh, shows us some uh, aspects of love that we can, um, we can apply to our lives. And so as we open up God's word, 1 John 4, we're going to be in verses 7 through 21. And in this passage of scripture, John shows us some things that we're going to apply and we're going to see how faith, hope, and love are now brought in together, All right? So let's read this, 1 John chapter four, verse seven through 21. It says this, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. The, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete 
in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us his command. Anyone who lives or anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. All right, there are several things to unpack in here, and you could do an entire series just on those few verses. But I want to just pull away just a few small elements. I'm going to bring out four just simple key points and about love and how we can apply that to our lives. Number one, in order for us to walk in love, again, we're talking about faith, hope, and love. In order for us to walk in love, we got to, first of all, we got to love God. We, we have to love God. You know, you and I may know people who are very, very loving people, and, and they might even be, you know, unbelievers, and they're just, you know, maybe they're just kind, and, uh, but, but that love is only, can, can uh, only reaches to, to a certain point, and it's only on the surface of, of one's heart, because true love, true biblical love comes from God. You and I, and I'm talking to believers, I'm talking to people who have accepted Christ as Savior, in order for you to truly love, we have to invite the one who loved us into our life. God showed us that love by sending his son Jesus into the world, and he died for us. And so, number one, in order for us to, to truly live a life of love, we've got to love God. We've got to love God, and we can't love God unless we invite God into our life. And the way we invite God and say, God, thank you for sending your son Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're God's one and only son. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, and I accept you, and I accept your sacrifice. And as we pray with God and spend time in God's word, we are loving God. But there's another way we can love God, which comes to the second point in, my, in today's message. The other way we love God is to love people, is to love others. We see this, um, this in verse 10. This is love. God's love is not based on, on how we display our love for him. It's based on God showing his love for us first and forever no matter what we do. So he's using this as an example. What Paul is doing is this. Look, God loves us no matter what we, no matter what, if we love him or not. 
So you're here today, and if you've accepted Christ, that's great. And if you love him, that's great. But before you even accepted Christ, God loved you. In fact, think of the most horrible person that you could think of that you know. You say, man, that, that person is, is far away from God. Hopefully they're not in this room. Hopefully you're not, not sitting next to them. But as you think about this person, know this. God loves them as much as he loves you. And so we don't love God because we first love God. We love God because God first loved us, and he showed us that love. So what, what Paul is saying is, is this. It's the same with, with, with people. We, don't, we should not love people because they love us first. We should love people because we have God in us and God is love and we're going to show love to people. It doesn't matter who they are or what they do or what they stand for or their way of life. Even if it to goes totally against God's word, we are to love people. We don't love people because they love us. It's like if you, if you, if you show love to me, you show kindness to me, then I'm gonna show kindness to you. That is not the way God operates. And Jesus proved that as he was bringing the cross up to the hill of Calvary and as people were mocking him. You know, he showed, he demonstrated his love that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so it should be the same for us. You see, one reason why that we should love others is because it's God's way of showing his love to people. You know, Jesus, Jesus already came to the earth. He does not have to come again and show his love to people. You know why? Because he's already here. He's living inside you. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, he should be living right here. And we should be exemplifying that love to others. That is how Jesus that is how God shows his love to people. That is one way how people come to Christ. Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. As we show love and kindness that can only come from God, rooted in biblical love, as we see in this passage, then people are drawn to repentance their understanding of their sin and their understanding of love because of God because they see it in you. So when you and I, as believers, when we don't show people love, it doesn't matter what they stand for, when we don't show them love, then we are not showing God's love. And God is not shown in their lives. And hopefully, there's some other people in their life that are showing God's love. And I know it's very difficult to love people. I mean, you're, you're probably about to be around some family members this week that you're like, man, it's really hard to love that person. And I get it, we all have those people, it's okay. But we are to love them no matter what, okay? Does it matter what the family member, okay? Does it matter what, college jersey they wear, 
doesn't matter who's playing who. We're all going to love each other, okay? At Auburn, Alabama, people, this week coming up, you're going to love each other. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech people, you're going you're gonna to love each other, you know? And here in a couple of weeks, Georgia and LSU, we're going to love each other, right? You know? Amen. And so it doesn't matter we are to love. Why? Because God lives in us. He first loved us. So we show, just like he showed us, we're going to love others first. It doesn't matter what they do to us. And then second of all, we show God's love. That's how people come to Christ. You are a way that people come to Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit's the one who knocks on the door of the heart, you know, does that work and everything, but you, you are the first look of what God is like. And let me tell you something. I'm just gonna be blunt with you. If you are not showing God's love to others in your speech, in your actions, in your, in your emotions, in, in how you talk to people, whatever, if you're not showing God's love to people, then is God's love really in you? And if God's love is not in you, then you really need to do some soul searching. You need to get right with God. You do. And so, and those aren't my words. I mean, that's, that's basically what we've read right here in this passage in 1 John 4. So, we are to love God. We are to love others. And we see an evidence of love. It's my, my point three. You say you believe in God. You say you're a Christ follower. Then, then we should prove it by the way we talk to one another, by the way we act towards others. When people do us wrong, when people talk negative about us, and we see this displayed in social media all the time. I mean, if you really scroll down and see how, man, this person is really talking negative about this person and how they respond. So we can respond in love towards people. And so that is the way that, that is the evidence that Christ lives within us. And so this week, even through the holidays, and, and, and the holidays, this time of year is when our love is really tested. It really is. Through the traffic, through people cutting us off in traffic, through the shopping, you know, through family gatherings, through the schedule. It seems like so much is put on our, in our schedule, and there's frustrations, you know. You know, you, you get out the Christmas lights, they're all in the big ball, and you're like, how do, uh, just frustration. Or you put the tree up and the lights up and half of them don't work and you just want to take the whole tree and burn it in the backyard. And so your faith, I mean, you will be tested between now and the end of the year. And um, how you respond to that uh, through love is an evidence that either God is in you or God is not living fully inside you. Now, I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm just saying that your love tank, your God love tank is empty. It means you've got to go towards God. You've got to, you've got to fall in love with him more and more. So we love God. We love others. There's an evidence of that love. And then in this passage, Paul talks about 
that there's no fear in love. You know, verse 18, he's offered an important perspective on the relationship between love and fear, namely that godly love and worldly dread are incompatible. God's perfect love drives out fear of being accepted by him. You know, if, if you are concerned that God cannot love you or that God is after you, then you need to understand and catch a glimpse of his love. Because I meet people several, I mean, I've met several people throughout my life who they have this approach that if God only knew what I was thinking, well, he, he does. If God only knew what I've done, well, he does. There's, then there's no way he, there's no way that he will accept me. There's no way he will forgive me. They're all, they focus so much on the bad things that they have done, and that's natural. That is natural. And so they focus on the punishment. They focus on the punishment. I am not worthy. I'm not worthy to come to church. I'm not worthy to be around other believers. I'm not worthy to pick up God's word and read it. I'm not, I'm not worthy to be forgiven. I deserve punishment. And yes, we all deserve punishment. But instead of focusing on the punishment, let's focus on the love. Because if we get people, and if you can understand the love of God, you can walk in, sure, in, in surety, and you can walk knowing that your love will drive out all fear. Your love will drive out all fear. One of these days, we're going to stand before God in the judgment throne. And if you have truly understood the love of God, then God, his love, and your love for him will give you confidence to stand before the throne. God, you love me, and I loved you. I love you because you first loved me. And I can stand in complete confidence in your throne. There is no fear. There is no fear. Now, there is a, the Bible talks about a reverent fear of, of authority of God, yes. But the fear on judgment day, I am not going to fear judgment of God. Not that I'm perfect, but because my life was bought with love. And I've invited that love to be in my life. And I show that love to God in return, and I show that love to others. And if I don't show it to others, then God's love is not within me. And so it doesn't matter what we face in this life as this life is over. We can stand in full confidence with love. Um, this past week, this past week is a pretty tough week um, in a several regards. It kind of had some ups and downs. I actually, um, I actually buried through a funeral um, a teacher at Woodland High School, and yesterday I married. 
I teach here at Woodland High School. Y'all know Coach Nick Shields, and, and uh, now his wife, Samantha, attend our church, and they're on their honeymoon right now. Great ceremony yesterday. But it had its, you know, its ups and downs this week. And the drama teacher at Woodland High School, Mr. Eddie McPherson, we, uh, we got word that he passed away last Sunday. Well, the Monday before, he suffered a major heart attack at the school. And uh, almost a week later, he, uh, he passed away. And so the reason why it was a, a big blow to our family and, and our community is that Eddie McPherson was a guy who really, really loved people. Um, he, he saw the best in people. He believed in the best of people. And in particular, in, in our family, Logan was involved in the uh, drama program at Woodland High School. In fact, Mr. McPherson um, uh, wrote, a, wrote a, a play and asked Logan to write the music for the play and make it a musical. And, and so Logan got a chance to really know the heart of Mr. McPherson. He was a believer. In fact, there were many years he was a youth pastor. And so he was a man who, who followed God, loved Jesus. And he and I have had those conversations. Logan has had those conversations. But to see someone in your family, one of your own children, walk through that was really, really difficult for us. But I'm telling you, Lake Point Church, our church was represented in love. So as we were able to set up a, a sort of an outdoor display, a memorial of a cross with flowers, and it gave a place for, for, for students to come. And students who, who love God and, and students who are far away from God, they came out the car on that Monday morning last week and saw that cross, and they fell at their knees at the foot of the cross and cried as they consoled one another. And they loved Mr. McPherson. And the funeral was, was this past Thursday in Alabama. I had the incredible honor to, to deliver the message of that funeral. And even though he has passed away, he, lived on, he lives on in eternity. And there's hope in that. And the reason why there's hope is because of his faith. You see, where all of this ties together, faith, hope, and love, here's how it all ties in together. Your faith is built upon your past. Not only in the past of God's word, there's a lot of faith in here. A lot of faith here in the, in the past. But there's also faith in the past in God's word. In God's word, we see faith, but also we see faith in our life. You have gone through, if you're a believer, you have gone through things in your past that will help build your faith. So faith is built upon the past. Hope is focused on the future. I hope, I hope this will happen. I hope I will be with Jesus, okay? I hope Mr. McPherson will be with hope. And, um, and I hope 
Mr. McPherson will be with Jesus. And so based upon Mr. McPherson's past of his faith, accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, how he lived his life, we can hope, we have surety and hope that he is there with Jesus. Now here's how love fits him. Love is how we live in the present. Love is how we live in the present. Tying faith of our past, tying hope of the future, and bringing it together today in love. Love is action now. Faith is built on the past. Hope looks to the future. Love is lived in the present.